0: i'm in sitting like in like a
1: very creaky chair yeah we can hear it <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> good how's it going
0: good how's your week how's the start of your week
1: it's good it's good it's the start of in-person classes for yeah. the first time so yeah. well
0: not for the first time for me but for the first time this quarter anyway <laughs>
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah 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 when did your quarter start Early January, yeah.
0: <sighs> yeah, yeah. we're a month. I just had fucking midterms, which feels insane to me. But okay. um, I, mean, I, already, I already had midterms. Yeah, so I started on the 4th of January. So I'm like a, m- a month and a week in. Yeah, yeah okay. When would you start?
1: Uh, like a few weeks ago, January
0: Are you 18? on quarters or semesters?
1: We're on semesters. We had oh. like a month off, which was very nice. I
0: know, so fucking awesome.
1: But I do kind of miss quarters. I like really? that. Yeah, I kind of like the ten week vibe window. Is it, yeah. so is,
0: is it that like you're hitting a point in the semester thing where it's like we're still reading John Jacob Jingle Like we're yes, still on exactly. It, huh? okay. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll just yes. Stay. Interesting.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy how they just drag things out. I mean, it's good. That sounds <laughs> like everything's bad.
0: <laughs> no, no, no.
1: I I, I enjoy my classes, but it's definitely like oh. We just, like, take a lot of time on things. We're just going to keep
0: talking about this. Yeah, I'm sure there are merits to both. I'm sure at some point, I would, you know, if I was a year into a a semester thing, I would be like, you got to be, I guess it's just about what you get used to. Yeah, true.
1: True
0: that. Yeah.
2: I can't even imagine being on the semester system. Like, I'm done in March, and the idea of, like, me staying until June is just, like, horrible.
0: No. I don't yeah. want to do that. I, it would depend on the class. Because there are some classes that it's like, yeah, give me 10 weeks. And then in and out, like, nice little, you know, aperitif of the class. Like, sure. And then there are some classes where it's like, by the time we're having midterms, I'm like, I, I feel like we just started. Like, I feel like we're only scratching any kind of surface. And those classes, I wish, would were longer. But uh, I, I don't know. I guess you would hope that teachers were kind of intentionally thinking about the curriculum in terms of how long a student's actually going to be studying it and I guess maybe we we would all assume that it goes without saying that that's in fact what they are doing but sometimes you're in a class and it's like how did you did you just like point at a stack of books and go like well we'll just we'll read some of that and you know it'll it'll be good and I'll I'll make up a (laughs) I'll make up some assignments and you know it'll be fine we'll we'll figure it out yeah Yeah,
1: who's to say
2: yeah, sometimes I feel like it goes by too fast. I'm, like, already doing, working on, like, our finals. And, like, we just had midterms last week. And, like, I feel like I haven't had a time to breathe yeah, at all. Absolutely. It's just kind of, like, counting. Like, they were, like, we're, like, over halfway done. And I'm, like, wait. What? What? I don't remember what we started on. Like, I don't remember. Like, it's yeah, just been it's so freaking fast. Yeah. It's
1: also crazy that, like, on quarters, like, thinking back, I'm, like, I can't believe I did finals three times a year you know
0: yeah that's true actually mm. when you when you put it that way <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's rough
1: i'm like oh yeah yeah it's finals are kind of like fake for me now so it's fine either way what, what but mean, fake? <laughs> i feel like i didn't have i don't have finals what do you what do you, what, what do you mean how do how do they assess you <laughs> they don't it's an what? NSA. <laughs>
0: Oh, like, it just mean, like, they, they just, like, the stakes are different because it's, like, you don't have to take, like, uh, like, some core class that has nothing to do with your major kind of thing?
1: Yeah, and also, like, we just, like, we present work to each other, but it's a very, like, everything you're doing is just sort of, like, building towards your thesis, so they're not sure. really focusing much on, like, Retention hey,
0: or whatever. Do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I guess they're I feel that. They're also bad. very, they're very, like, artsy and, like, you know? I should hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like a little more like lax. And I think like coming from a point of like, they really try to do things not in a traditional MFA program way, which are often very like rigid and like, yeah, just very difficult. And so I think they kind of like do the polar opposite. And mm. sometimes I'm like, I feel we could have some structure, but <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, it it works out, you know?
0: So do you feel like in, in some ways you're you're living kind of within a, a clicheified uh like version? Like like is it does, Yeah. It, okay. Okay,
1: interesting. <laughs> yes. It's it's like it's been good, but it for sure is like kind of funny sometimes. Like right. <laughs> everyone's very into like say a word about how you feel in this space today and I'm like I don't care
0: <laughs> yeah that's, that's I mean I'm studying psychology and that sounds like something we're doing in my program right. and even for me sometimes I'm like let's just like let's just get into it I don't want yeah. yeah
1: I feel like I really have to like turn my my brain on to like a very certain mode to be like cool with that you know
0: <laughs> yeah I think um there's a, there's a, I don't know, I think something that's a part of master pro, master's programs that isn't a part of, or I don't know, isn't as naturally or as unavoidably a part of undergraduate programs is that in, an, in a graduate program, from what I understand, both in terms of my own experience and the experience that I, you know, seem to have gathered from my, my friends and associates, whatever, is that it's a lot more intimate. And right, yeah, and like some of that's the fact that you're dealing with smaller class sizes, the nature of the work that you're doing is kind of more. It's it's you know there's all all there's all the, you know you start from a baseline of presumption that's like yes yeah, so you you already like have drank some of the Kool Aid like you're you're invested right. so much that you're you're digging yeah. yourself even further into the whole you know, debt wise to, 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 to do another right. two to four years in this place. So there's just so much more, um, like, I'm, you know, I'm two quarters into the, to my program and it's a two year program. And like, already it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's all, it feels like the real world. And I don't, I don't mean that in, in a bad way, but it's like the kind of connections that are being formed just in the first, like, you know, few months are so tight. And so and it happens so fast and it's all, I mean, don't get me wrong. It all feels real. But just the rate at which it happened, you're. I mean, part, even part of me, being one of the people that, you know, totally loves my new cohort, is like we like fell in love quick. Like this is right. a little <laughs> gross. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally feel that.
2: Yeah, I'm on a. I got invited to be in a 500 level class, which is like nice. the master's Ooh. programs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm way over my head, but I'm assisting one no, of the, no, the cohorts, and it's in the poly, the poly side program department at okay. UW, and yeah they're really close like yeah. they yeah. like i this is like their first time meeting each other over the last mm. two years like this is like they've been together for a year and a half now and they this okay. is like their first time meeting
0: like actually in person um, meeting
2: yeah okay and wow. so i'm in one of their first programs um back and yeah they're really close like they're only <laughs> They started out with twenty at the beginning, and now they're like down to eight. Oh shit! Um, Jeez. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. so they're just like really, really close. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you guys know so much about each other, and it's just because
0: <laughs> it's a little culty, been...
2: yeah. And it's just because like COVID time, you don't really get to like it's hard to create connections, yeah, absolutely. online sometimes. And so it's it's interesting to see actually people connected through the academics because I never really got
0: that culture. For sure, yeah, because yeah. I, I think undergrads, um, I don't know, it, it's like the, I don't know if it's like everyone's a small fish in a giant pond or everyone's a giant fish in their own little. I'm not sure what the analogy would be, but there's <laughs> there's just something about undergrads where it's just like I don't know, everyone's just like a gun for hire is kind of how I felt yeah. about, it. and yeah. I'm sure it's even more true. I mean, like Sidney you know, Sydney and I went to SU, and that's you know it's like it doesn't really have like a dorm life there's not like a greek row you know it doesn't doesn't have that whole mystique but even at the small liberal arts private college you know it's still it's got a large enough population that as an undergraduate like you're walking around campus and you're just seeing the throngs of other students and it's kind of just like uh i don't know it's like um it's easy to get lost in like the i'm just kind of Everyone's like, I am in, I'm in my own solipsistic little universe where I'm the main character. I'm like, yeah, I have these little friends that like play their roles in like a few episodes of my sitcom life, but then they fl- flow out into their own Solipsistic universe where they're the main character, and and I don't know, everything's so it's like that Tyler Durden Fight Club like single serving friend thing, and then grad school is the inverse of that. Like you meet someone yeah. and you think oh that's just Joe he's just the janitor, but then next week it's like I'm having dinner with Joe the janitor, and he's talking about his <laughs> his divorce, and it's like holy shit Joe like and everything is so <laughs> yeah.
1: That's so accurate. There's it's like yeah, it's almost necessary I feel in grad school you know because you're in those like. Yeah. space just with just a few people I don't know it feels more like immediate. Do you find, does it
0: help the quality of your work too because I feel like I'm doing better work even just academically intellectually yeah. speaking somehow because of because I'm around you know instead of a giant mass of people that are all you know instead of being in a theater philosophy class that you know 80% of the kids are there because they just got to fucking be there and then I'm one of the 20 that's like oh let's you know let's do it now I'm around yeah, a whole, yeah. <laughs> everyone that I'm in class with the small group yeah. of people is we're all everyone's so mutually interested in all the all each other's shit that i feel like they, i don't know there's um there's an inertia or something to it
1: yeah oh absolutely I, yeah i feel the same way i feel like more pressure is the wrong word but i feel like more i guess more motivated to just like yeah 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 to learn from everyone you know also it feels more like a conscious choice that i'm here like paying to learn (laughs) (laughs) you know whereas an undergrad it's like okay everyone's doing this i guess i'll show up here i am yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah yeah
2: Yeah, i'm Um, excited for grad school (laughs) because then this sucks oh yeah
0: so if you're going to be like you're you're like i'm sure what i'm sure sydney got comments like this i got a few comments like this when i was an undergrad but like people kind of just told me like it in in various words that amounted to this like you're a grad student like in the waiting like you're just you're in the wings like yeah, yeah like yeah. and i feel like you're the same way that like you're you're just you're kind of just like you're already at the point of interest and, and of you know acumen that like you could be there already but you, it's just you're doing the dumb formality of getting the undergrad thing out of the way so you can finally be where you you mm-hmm. have all the interest in being so
2: yeah and it's kicking my ass to be honest i yeah. have three i have <laughs> I, like, decided to, like, take three electives this quarter. And oh, I God. Was, like, oh, Wait, oh, how many
0: credits are you taking?
2: I'm taking 15. but okay, like, that's, yeah, that's full. To- totally fine, but I was supposed to be in Denmark, and then, so right. they, like, made it so I didn't have any core classes, and I was fucking stupid. And decided to take psychopathology and, like,
0: okay.
2: and then the 500-level class oh my god I have had this gonna tank my GPA like lessons. you should be
0: studying right now we shouldn't even be doing this no I,
2: I, I won't be studying <laughs> I'm just like like literally yesterday I think I had like two panic attacks because like nice. I was just like full-on just like not well because <laughs> I like, yeah. like the professors decided to all grade their shit yesterday and I'm just like but you know it's COVID they're doing pass fail right now and maybe I'll get an A we don't know I'm also brown, <laughs> and I have I have senioritis, and I've just right. submitted all my applications for grad school, and I'm just kind of oh like, cool, excited. They won't see this. <laughs> Right <laughs> I mean, I don't know.
0: It's not like you've said anything incriminating. I mean, I think every every professional, you know, uh, learned person is allowed to be on some podcast where they're talking about how fucking freaked out everything is. I mean,
2: No, yeah. I mean, I'll get my grades up. I already talked to my advisors and I had meetings with my professors. It's just the fact that, like, again, quarters go by so fast and then you mess up on one. Like, they, it's just so fast. And it's just yeah. like sometimes you're like, can we just, like, slow down? Fucking
0: like, give me a break. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, and so I like it's like all of a sudden midterms last week. Now I have to like propose a research proposal and like the next <laughs> right. by Monday, and I have nine lit reviews
1: that I have not started.
2: So I'm like, sounds awesome. good.
0: I'm starting Maybe to get this like is... a stomachache just thinking about that.
1: <laughs> Maybe this is why I found like I'm I'm really like way less stressed in grad school, and I've been trying to think of why. And I now that we're having this conversation, I think it's fully because I'm so used to the quarter system, and like. Mm. You got the intensity to and the speed yeah exactly sure.
0: that makes a lot of sense actually. whereas now
1: i'm like oh my god like i only have to do one reading for this <laughs> one class like okay
0: oh, <laughs> what a, that sounds awesome i mean it's, it's not to say that i'm sure it's not arduous either but just arduous at it at a more sane pace right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. i absolutely. would love a
2: sane pace I would love no. to go snail mode right now, like, if we all just, like, slow motion through
0: the next <laughs> like, uh Like, I don't know if they still, well, they obviously don't do it in COVID times, but even before COVID, I don't know what they called it. But, like, you know, when you go to, like, your local rec center, or your YMCA, and, like, there's a, it's 7 a.m. on a Wednesday, and there's that class of just geriatric, just, like, everyone's just in the pool <laughs> doing these weird, like, What is it water aerobics? I don't know <gasps> what it is. Oh, my what God, I used, I used to teach that.
2: I used to teach water water, that. used to teach that. Water Zumba. Okay. <gasps> Yeah, sure, yeah, I did it at the YMCA. Yeah, I taught, I taught the 50-plus group at, on I, so 8 a.m. You
0: got to, phenomenologically, yeah. you got to channel that into your your speed yeah. going forward as a student.
2: Yeah, 8 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday. And that was the first time I ever performed CPR on somebody because he had a heart oh, attack whoa. during my yeah. class.
0: <laughs> that, that story <laughs> took a hairpin <laughs> turn there.
2: Jesus Christ. No, he's totally fine. His name is <laughs> Okay, well, I hope he so. Sent, he sends me Christmas cards. He's really cute. Aww. Is he one of
0: these guys that just ended up hitting on you and like wouldn't no. stop checking your Instagram and whatever?
2: Oh, you saved no. my life. <laughs>
0: no, no. <laughs> I, I catch his assume It was personal. That was,
2: another, that was another guy in my Zumba class, but no,
0: Great.
2: his his um Jim and his wife Bobby. She was really cute. Yeah. Um. No. Sounds no. Good. This this guy who the, my stalker. He was different. Yeah.
0: I should hope yeah. so yeah Uh, yeah
2: i didn't perform cpr on him thankfully
0: thank god yeah okay
2: um no pretty much is like the resiliency i think we like we talk about resilient behaviors but like they're not a personality and i think like also during covid and like us being much more we're like at the beginning of our adulthood if you think of it like we're we would be considered adults we are considered adults but yes <laughs> um in terms of like if you look at like the timeline of the human like life lifespan we're very like i feel like minuscule compared to like the ages of 70. Resil- like you're coming from a psycho like a philo- philosophical and psychological background mm. um and so we all come from different aspects of how we identify coping and resilient behaviors, um, either in that between a personality trait, which I believe is not a personality trait, but I would, in terms of cognitive, that would be something that's different. Um, but I'm coming from a cultural perspective where I, I think resilient, it would be more of like the category of, let's category. say, PTSD, um, which is like an environmental influence that c- becomes a cognitive disorder. Um, and so you become resilient to that, if that makes sense. Um,
0: I think so. I think yeah. I understand what you're saying.
2: Yeah. And so like, or like culturally, like, um, interest, interesting or extra, extrinsic, like um, how you value yourself in terms of. Oh, like social. motivators and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. Like, yeah, yeah. So that was something that we were kind of interested in talking about. Um, yeah. And kind of just over overall. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on that in terms of, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: no, it's, it's, a, it's a good topic. Um, here's one thing that I want to talk about right away, because I, uh, is it resilience or resiliency? Because I've, I've Googled it.
2: Because I've Googled it, and it different. sounds like
0: it's a, it's like you can pick either or, but I always get paranoid. No,
2: actually, that's a very good example, because I, it's, I Personally, well, academically, in the sociology view, so sociological view, resiliency mm-hmm. and resilient are very, very, very different. And we do not use the why. There's no, okay that would be something that I would feel someone would throw if, a tomato
0: at you or something if you
2: exactly, yeah. Okay. So it's it's more resilient, um, comparative to resiliency, um, because resiliency would mean that the person is that's part of their personality trait, um, which we believe I my academics would disagree
0: Um, oh you're saying okay you're saying that talking talking about resilience like the uh the the abstract like attribute makes it seem more like more inherent than than you'd like to yeah yeah okay
2: yeah because it's it's like the idea of saying oh that person is resilient like very resiliency like Like they have more of that which would be not they would be just more they're resilient in certain situations um that are caused by environmental influences and that would be how they would strategize coping behaviors
0: right okay yeah um okay yeah i'm glad i'm glad i asked um well i'm trying to think my i don't know my first um thoughts go to some of the stuff that i hear uh on the crisis line which is still something i'm doing i do a you know one graveyard shift a week um while i'm still in still in grad school and you know talk to a diversity of people going through like a fucking myriad of different kinds of scenarios that run from the uh you know honestly the pretty like the totally banal on on the one end to the like frantic like fucking get me the fuck out of here on the other end and my first, like, you know, non-academic um, con- consideration in this question would be that um, the people that I think, you know, manage the most resilient moments or like like maintain an, a, a feature of, of resilience in a certain call, like when they call, you know, they might call up and it's, it's someone who's like, hey, um, you know, it's like you know, it's like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Hey, um, my stepbrother just showed up outside our door. Um, we haven't seen him in three months. He's paranoid schizophrenic. Um, we don't know what he's talking about. He's got some blood on him. He seems really angry and agitated. We're we're you know we're just afraid. We don't do it. so. Like you're you're placing a situation. And you're like like me and my brain. I'm like okay, this sounds this sounds tense. But the second that anybody can find the ability or the reason to laugh at anything is like a fucking game changer like whether mm-hmm. i do something even unintentionally like i might just i you know i might just say just because i'm being honest like holy shit that sounds fucking crazy and they're like yeah i don't you like there's any any moment that someone could, could just say something that just gives somebody the, the ability to you know like i don't know what it is in a human being that and at any given moment when you're in a tense situ- situation right because like obviously plenty of people um encounter crazy situations crazy here just meaning i don't know you know just something something that overwhelms your typical interacting with the world and i have plenty of times in a given week or a given day where something overwhelms me and i don't i don't always have the ability to laugh right away so like i don't know what it takes um in any one situation for someone to suddenly have the ability to be like they just i don't know like your your perspective shifts maybe you know some weird kafka-esque or camuian kind of spirit comes over and, you, and you just, I don't know, like my, my, my interpretation of these moments when, when I'm talking to somebody that's having a real crisis of a moment is that for one second, they have this weird cosmic glimpse on like what it means to be human. And there's like, this is fucking bizarre. Like, this is just so like, there, there's nothing in me that that thought that I'd be waking up on a Tuesday morning and that, you know, 12 hours later, there'd be some guy drenched in feces and blood like on my doorstep, like trying to like, so I think humor is, is, a, is, a, is a massively understated, um, well, maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe it's getting more attention and traction. I think, I mean, I think talking about like generational shit is so like uh, overdone these days, but for the sake of mentioning it, I do think the millennials are a little better at, like, I don't think we should dip into the crazy Gen Z, like nihilistic, like everything is just bullshit, like who cares, like nothing matters. But I think if you can take just like a little dropper of that, and put it into somebody when they're having a hard time. Having just a little cynicism, I think is like your is the entry point into humor. And I think humor mm. is massively important for having a resilient capacity in any given situation. And I don't know if if either of you two agree, but that would be my oh, first. Oh, I agree
2: for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely agree. And I think it's like the idea of like dark humor, like how right. you cope with something is by making it a joke. That's like there's no other way to like like function with that like in terms of processing it um and that that's it that's how you're gonna do it it's either that or like talking through it and sometimes it's just right it's so mind-blowing and you physically cannot process it without it being making it into a joke or making it funny or just laughing about it and just being like it's like you almost get hit by a car and all you could do is just laugh because you're just in shock because, like, what right. else are you supposed to do? Start crying? What right. well, You're not. Because, <laughs> like, you're just like, holy shit, that just happened, you know? Um, so that's... I know.
0: I will say, though, that I think people that have the... Like, not everyone has, like, the... I don't know if it's if it's the best thing to call this an ability. I'm using air quotes. But, like, people that have the ability to cry, I also think is, like, not everyone... You know, some people... Even people that are, you know, can cry on their own. But, like, they can't do it in front of other people. They get embarrassed whatever. But, like, people that are criers, I love that in a person. Like, not, not just mm-hmm. for the... um like sappy like oh it's endearing like you know you're 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 watching a movie and you look over to your buddy and they're just got tears like that's endearing at that level but i mean like even in what you're saying sophie like when you when someone's just had a really intense situation maybe even like you know um, uh, what's the expression like a near near death near death experience like if you can have the laugh reflex i think that's a good like sane response or if you can just cry it out like i wish i had more of an ability to just let the waterworks flow because i know and i don't you know like it's not my area of, uh, like, I don't study psychology from, like, uh, I, don't, I haven't memorized all, like, the neurotransmitter layout and, like, the, you know, like, what's happening in the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex, but I know that, like, isn't it when you cry, like, you're releasing, it's either endorphins, like, something is happening chemically when yeah. you cry, that's, like, yeah. a big deal.
2: Yeah, and I wish I could cry. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I have someone close to me who can cry Right, like it's just who's just more like like a passionate. sneeze or something. Yeah, yeah, but like I physically cannot. Like I just like it takes me. Like I have to sometimes force myself
0: to cry because I, I <laughs> do need to cry. Put on the song that you can find and...
2: yeah, or I'll watch like Old Yeller
1: or something right. just to like feel
2: something.
0: Sydney, are you a crier? Are you a, like, do can you have that ability? I
1: I honestly don't know
0: <laughs> because okay, interesting.
1: I feel like for when I was a kid. I cried all the time, like just about everything, like okay. stupid things. I just was like a big cry baby, I guess you could say. <laughs> but then it like kind of like changed overnight and I just basically just stopped. And I when I was like in high school, probably or like early college, I almost like it was like a point of pride that I didn't cry. I was like, oh, I'd, I've only cried five times in the last year (laughs) and then like i it just became a thing and then eventually i was like "Hmm, maybe that's actually like not a good thing (laughs) um and yeah so i sort of tried not i didn't try to cry but i tried to stop myself less because i would like actively stop myself from doing so you know
0: sure yeah yeah
1: um yeah i don't know i think i like for i think my my impulse reaction is usually laughter mm-hmm. um but sometimes it's it's not and i feel like i haven't figured out if there's like any rhyme or reason to like when it's a crying response and when it's a laughing response yeah. you know
2: yeah i think people who don't usually cry and they do laugh like i definitely laugh like i'll say some horrible stuff and do either of you go into is, a, a
0: hot mm-hmm. like? oh fuck what do they call uh Haunted houses in like, ho- like around Halloween time. Hell no. Oh,
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know about
0: that. Well, I, the reason I ask is because I feel like this, the same people that laugh, you know, mm. in a, yeah, you already know what I'm saying. Like there are people that you put them in a haunted house and like their, their fear response too. Like they're so uncomfortable that the body just starts to, you oh, know, it's, it's like, it's like a fucking gas. It just produces this, this chaotic, crazy laughter. Just, I think just as a remedy to, <laughs> to counteract the, the anxiety that they're feeling.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. I definitely do laugh when in the haunted houses. I cannot tell you the last time I went to a haunted house.
2: Yeah, it's been years. (laughs) Well, it's it's also been COVID. I don't think they had them. Um, But, like, I remember, like, I've told people certain things, and I'll laugh about it, and they look like I'm fucking crazy.
0: (laughs) That's not funny, Sophie.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, I think think it's funny because that's how I'm coping with it. Even though maybe I'm not thinking it's funny, it's just I'm laughing about it because... I can't cry about it. I, I don't know how to cry about it. Um, and like, okay, so when you certain, say you can't,
0: do you mean like, I just like, don't know how not like, to do. Okay. But it's not a matter of, you won't let yourself, you're just saying that you're, mm. you 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 quote unquote, your body is not Doesn't. doing that for you. No, mm. no. Interesting. Okay.
2: No. And I, I think I've gotten better at it. I also like when, in terms of like friendships and in terms of like relationships that you have, um, you, see and you react to certain people's emotions and how you do that and um i feel like as i've gotten older i've been more like attached to people who are much more open about their emotions or how they're feeling and whatnot even if they're not Mm -hmm. is they're not a crier or but they're much more open about it and they don't keep it to themselves um and maybe that's just because of like my academics very influencing on how I create connections nowadays and just like wanting to be open with people and finding people who are able to have those like conversations because I don't know, it was hard growing up and having people around me that were close and they didn't want to share or they didn't know how to and they didn't feel comfortable doing it and were it was just like, you know, the culture of friendships when you're when you're young and as you get older, you evolve and you Tend to want different relationships, but I I think that when people are someone who I know does tend to cry a lot, um, but it's not like in a negative way. It's more of just like they're much more passionate about some things, and they just sure. like, that's how they show it. And I think that's like an amazing thing too. Oh yeah, like, I that's, love that. Like yeah, that's that. like I can't, and I think the fact that they can, and they you can visually see their emotions is like amazing
0: yeah like someone that can go to an art museum and stare at a piece of you know at a painting and cry like it's like that's a superpower to me oh that's cinematic like, mm. yeah
2: like I
0: can do it I can do it with some things like there are films that make me cry um you know there, there's music that makes me cry but I but like there are things that I it's, it's a weird thing to say right but there are things that I wish would make me cry because like I because yeah. I, 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 mm-hmm. I think they yeah. merit that response but I just can't like I don't know if it's you know, weird, you know, like subliminal toxic male encoding. Like I can't figure it out what it is in my own case, but I, I know that there are times where it's like, I, I'm basically thinking to myself like this deserves a cry. And then I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> well, but I know that I look like Mr. Bean, like to the exterior, like there's nothing <laughs> happening, but like I, I know that it, it deserves a cry.
1: I was just gonna say like, do, is there a relation to like your ability for either of you? I don't know, or in general, psychologically? <laughs> Between, like, an ability to express, like, tears versus, like, happiness. Like, like sadness versus happiness. Do you know what I mean? Like, enthusiasm? Like, tears of joy versus tears of well. sadness? Like, I feel like something I've noticed about myself lately is that I'm really bad at, like, expressing when I am, like, excited about something.
0: Oh, okay. Mm. I think anyway. I get more about what you're saying.
1: Do you know? I don't know. I don't exactly know what I'm asking. But like people with a psych background are like,
0: oh, (laughs) (laughs) well, no, it's just I first I didn't understand the question. And now I I don't know if I have understand it fully yet. But what you just said, what you just said helped me frame it a little differently. Do you do you have more? Do you have more to, to, Um, to uncover?
1: I guess just like, do you think it's like the people who who are like less inclined to like cry when they're sad are they the same people that are is
0: is there a venn diagram where like the middle is the same person in both like right 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 that's an interesting question like is it
1: just like emotions Mm. or is it
0: well i'm gonna ask a question as a response to this that maybe will help us get to that answer so do both of you have the thing where i'm asking this because i have i have this thing so like (laughs) If I'm doing whatever, I'm, I'm driving to work, I'm doing the dishes, I'm on the toilet, whatever. I'll have like kind of like like a wind. Suddenly something will come, like this very, like, very usually it's very, well, I mean, it's always a positive thought. And it's usually nine times out of 10 about a person. Like I'll think like, man, like I just, I love my friend, Chris. And I, and I think some really nice thought. And then I'll, my for next immediate thought is like, I should text him whatever. And after that happening for that's happened now for years and years, a decade or so, who knows how long that's been a thing that's happened to me. And what I've now realized over the last, you know, five or so years, like, is that I used to tell myself, um, yeah, like you should send a text today and then four weeks would go by and like, well, like, you know, you had that good feeling on, you know, Friday that one day (laughs) and like you you said you were going to do a thing and then it just, it just never happened. So what I, what I tell myself to do now and this is where I'm trying to lead into Sydney's question is that so now I try to make it a rule and I'm, I'm relatively good at doing it. Sometimes I still I still let myself down. But that if I have that weird, like, sudden because this is the dot I'm connecting, Sydney, is that like the, the people because I think there are people that have. Um, it's almost more awkward, I believe, anyway, at least publicly speaking, to admit some, you're happy than it is to admit you're sad. Mm-hmm. Like, admitting you're sad is like because it's it's because it's like a grievance. It's almost like a it's like a nuanced complaint, and everyone loves complaining. So saying that you're sad, right? You can you know you can conjure sympathy, you can conjure like oh what's wrong? Like tell me about it. but but just being like you know, like man I had the fucking best like there's something it's like you're gloating or something <laughs> if you're yeah. if you're admitting that you're happy. So I now have to because I'll I'll talk myself out of doing it. When I have that rush of of you know reverence for somebody or gratitude or joy, I have to jump on it like at that fucking second, or else, or else I'll I, either the the emotion itself will fade, or I'll like if I give myself an hour, I'll be like, "That's fucking wait, you're just gonna like send someone an email just saying how much you love them?" Like, what do you? Because like, the thing is, because it's not always just like my mom, right? Like sometimes it's someone that I know like tangentially well, but I'll just out of nowhere, I'll get this kind of like this blast of like, "What a great human being!" And I feel like uh, if I let it sit there for a longer than, than, than just that moment, I'll convince myself that there's some sort of awkwardness about um, telling that person, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yeah, it's I like, guess like only... sending
2: compliments, it's like... oh, Yeah, and
0: I, I guess I just, I, I wonder if this, the common thread between that and the crying thing is that for me, the word, at least in my gut thing right now, there's probably a better word, but my gut thing right now is that it has something to do with awkwardness or embarrassment. I think mm-hmm. that's what it is for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm laughing because I do the exact same thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I literally was thinking like earlier today about someone like random. I was like, oh, I should like email this person. Right. It was like a professor I had, and then I was like, no, he would think it's weird. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> right.
1: And there's no real like rhyme or I'm reason to why. I'm sure they wouldn't
0: care why. for me to send them a thing or whatever. Right. Exactly. No, yeah. do like if they do
1: think it's weird, they can ignore it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but right. and the the likelihood that they do is probably low. But True. yeah, in general, True. I have been thinking, I've been thinking a lot. Actually, I was literally just talking to my friend about this, about how like easily embarrassed I am about everything. And <laughs> I was like looking at today, I don't know how you guys feel about the wheel of emotions but like it's a thing along oh, is, that, the is, that like the, is that like people the, like,
0: yeah the color wheel that has like spiraling out words mm. that, like it starts with a big word like happy and then it bifurcates like 18 times is that the
1: yes 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 okay yeah yeah and yeah, so yeah. like the core emotion would be like happy but then there's like right. another emotion whatever and i was realizing like, <laughs> you. i was realizing that like all of my like feelings of, were rooted in the like big emotion of fear um mm and i i don't i'm like I don't know why that is, but I think like yeah embarrassment in on one of those wheels was rooted in fear, and so I think like for me, maybe the lack of expressing both happiness and like sadness is sort of maybe a fear, but I don't know of what is that hmm. like
2: the fear of like the reaction is that like what you're like you're you're you have like an anxiety of how they react to that emotion that you're expressing
1: um probably (laughs) Uh, okay because like that's always
2: something I think about because I I, like whenever I'm going to send something even if I do or don't like I'm always like thinking about I visualize them oh yeah for sure for sure and how they react to it yeah and then even if they don't respond I'm like thinking of how they reacted to not responding right even if they may have never even seen it like it it got lost or they never opened it or I sent it to the wrong number you know like I'm right. still, like, thinking of a negative response. It's never a positive response of when they get it. Which Even is if then, it's, like, yeah. the most, like, hi, I, ho- I hope you have an amazing day. I always think right. of, like, a negative reaction. And that's weird to think
0: about.
1: But no, yeah, I feel like I'd rather people be like, I never want to speak to you. Because if, I know no one would ever, like, actually say that. <laughs> like, they will that would ignore. That be the best
0: response to one of these emails. <laughs> I never want to speak to I you I never
1: want to speak to you. But I'm Period. like, if, when they ignore it, it's like, I will come up with the worst. Oh, yeah. No, that's the
0: killer. Like when you're, you're, it's the same thing when you're applying for jobs or like applying to grads or whatever, like the no response is infinitely worse than the, hey, thank you for your time. Like we're not, we're looking for someone else, like blah, blah, blah. Or even if they're kind of curt, like, you know what, like you, you don't have what we're looking for, like take a hike. Like that's so much better than just the vast nothing. sea of nothing because then exactly. it's just like what you you two were saying is that then we do the job for them to fill in what we presume right. their you know the reason like they were you know we were, were either now so repugnant or so boring that they're like i'm not even gonna deign to fucking right. give this <laughs> person a response like who gives a shit or, or they're so upset that they're like not only am I not going to respond, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to block them on every every yeah. digital outlet gonna to me. I'm going to put me them ever. on a blacklist
1: of everyone. Right. I know. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yes. No response is infinitely worse than a negative response. And the dumb thing is that I think we all know that. And I still fucking cold shoulder people, like I, like, and, and like yeah. for idiotic mm. reasons, you know, some even people, even my friends, like, hey, want to get drinks tomorrow night, and then it's just like I look at my phone, and I'm like, I don't even know, I don't even know what the fuck oh my, my God, brain God, is singing. doing in that moment. <laughs> it's it's just like. I look at the phone and I see it and I, and I have some micro, you know, um, like, I, don't, I don't know, it's like, it's weird. It's, it's, a, it's such a common thing that I do right now that it's like, it's almost an autopilot thing that I'd have to like psychoanalyze myself to get down to the root of what happens when I look, I, I glance at the phone, someone says, hey, how you doing, can we do this or that? And then I just, I just put it down and it's like my brain does this magic because like we're now gonna erase that that <laughs> ever happened. You never it's- looked. Yeah, it's it's preposterous I don't know fucking what the thing is
2: it's weird too because like I have the similar thing I don't think it's as bad as Sydney's Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) we're just going to all tacitly
0: agree that Sydney's the worst is that true (laughs) is Sydney very bad at this it takes her like
2: 3 to 5 business days to (laughs) maybe a month to take back I was going to say 3 to 5 business days is not that
0: bad but a month is pretty severe
2: but like I'm looking at my phone right now and I have 4 text messages that i have left on red
0: from october that are
2: <laughs> from this week and it's only okay. tuesday um but it's just wait that like... means that
0: but from this week that means it's just yesterday yeah, yeah that's exactly
2: fine. yeah no no but like i'm really good at responding i mean that would be bad though if one of them was like,
0: please help me the refrigerator fell on me and you're like yeah, you know, well <laughs> tuesday yeah. i'll get back to you
2: see if yeah. there's
1: urgency i respond i'm good at that
2: but then there is some relationships that I have with friends. Like, Sydney, I'm going to use you as an example. You're going to text me, and it may take me three days to respond to you. But I know, and I hope this doesn't bother you, that it takes me three days to respond to you.
1: Yes, because, like,
2: because like Because, I, like, when you it, when you take long to respond to me, I don't think of it as a negative. It's just right, right, right. you're going to get to it when you get to it. And it's also, like, the thing is when I read text messages, I'll see it come across my screen. I will have a full conversation in my head <laughs> of how I respond. And I will never type it out, but in no, my really? head, I interesting. Head. I don't
0: think I would do that. Although I, I do don't, that. I don't know if I would do that or not. It, okay, here's a question. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm intentionally like, I'm kind of ham fisting it into the the theme of the conversation, because this is something I think about a lot. Uh, I think I've even like asked questions like this, like more or less in this way, in in philosophy classes that I, I took at SU. So, like you know, we're all more or less around the same age, like give or, give or take a few years, uh, you know, gr- grew up remembering, you know, like the internet being a little derpy, you know, no ads mm. on YouTube, flip phones, like whatever. Like we, we've seen, you know, you know, I was born in 93. I you know I'm 28 now, I'll be 29 this year. So like, I remember um, through like adolescence uh, watching this shift take place. And like, I've struggled for years about I think the word that I just usually end up using is like is the obligation of what became mm-hmm. having mm-hmm. a having a cell phone. That, that that just that just became um you know it's kind of it's a it's a it's a analogy that has a problematic history, but like that ball and chain. Like like it, it just this horror this this awful weight. Um and so here's here's my question. Um because I really don't know the answer. In terms of resilience, um current, you know relationships that we have to our technology you know specifically things like you know uh anything where people are contacting us so dming and texting whatever is the resilience not responding is that actually a form of our resilience where we are preserving ourselves um for energy elsewhere is it is it that you know when i look at my phone and i don't i don't text back my mom or my friend or whatever is it because at some, you know, micro-conscious level, I know, okay, like, right, I'm trying to sit down to write this paper right now. Um, I'm allotting certain mental energies to this thing right in front of me. And I know that if I, if I look at this phone right now, and if I genuinely give enough of my attention to genuinely answer, that that's going to sidebar me from what I need to do. So is it, are we saving ourselves from, you know, I guess kind of in an ironic or like a paradoxical way or counterintuitive way, are we saving ourselves from being a bit, a bit apathetic on the phone or are we? Is the opposite? Is it that like? Well, I guess what would the opposite be? Like, would we would we have a higher threshold of resilience if we were more attentive? Like more attentive, uh, not attentive. If we were more attentive to like our social, you know, connections through through our text messaging. Like, what what, what do hmm. you guys think?
2: Yeah, I so that, um, yes, I feel like that's a coping mechanism because of like the fact that we weren't conditioned the same as what you would say the younger generations are, or like, cause I'm technically still in Gen Z, but I would it's really hard. But you to have to be like right my, on like the,
0: the customer. I'm right though, on the right?
2: cup. Yeah. I'm right. like right on the edge. And it's really hard because like I had a flip phone, like I didn't have Instagram until I was like 16. So sure. there's like differences in terms of how we have cope. And so like, I would say that is a very good resilient coping strategy in terms of like, you are putting forth your mental health compared to the social obligation that we as a society has assumed that you would respond. But you as a coping mechanism to that environment have decided not to. We also have to understand, like in terms of abnormal, I don't you are very well aware of the DSM five yeah, and what yeah. those and what, what is abnormal and what is normal. Where back when we had our flip phones, taking photos of what you were eating and taking photos of yourself and doing selfies in constant Photos of like just yourself and not your surroundings would be probably considered narcissistic. Whereas today, because that is so normalized, it is no longer narcissistic. That's not enough. We wouldn't say that someone taking pictures of their phone and posting it online and like creating these things about themselves. Like, it is like our Instagram pages are about ourselves. Like, if you go onto one of our Instagram or Facebooks, it is usually the individual memoir of yourself. And so, you create this like what we would call probably back in the 90s that would be narcissistic no longer is that narcissistic and so i think Brilliant. like i think i'm going off a little going off topic in terms of your actual question but in terms of that's like okay. coping and and kind of like putting your phone down and not looking at it is good like that's not negative um i think socially that would be negative because again culturally we have decided that you have to respond you have to answer these emails. Or you're not functioning within the social obligations of our implications, you know? So that's something to think about is, like, is coping and resilient behaviors going against the social obligations? Or is it just more of, like, in terms of the biological health? And is it good, like, because mental health is, you know, biological, like, it it is, like, something to do with your hormones and the chemicals and whatnot. But it's also the psychological it's just the balance. And so I think if you're able to balance that and make sure you're containing a healthy lifestyle, I don't think, I think that would be considered resilient and that's a way of coping because to be honest, we've seen a huge spike in suicidal behaviors and just depression and whatnot because of digital media, you have access. It's like thrown, like we could get off when we were younger, we could get off our phone and we wouldn't know, like we, we didn't even know what the weather was. You had to like go turn on the TV and watch it at the 7am and figure out if it was going to rain or snow, you know, nowadays you have instant news, you have instant like bombarding of thoughts and questions and just everything. And it's it's, at some point, I don't think that we haven't evolved well enough to cope with some of that stuff. um, If that makes sense. Like, I feel like that's a lot of information. Um, Globalization has just like spiked in the technological um, tech era. And I think that, Ooh, that is a good coping, I think that's more of kind of what your question in I'm hoping but um <laughs> but like in terms of like digital media, I think that's a good way of coping with it because digital media does influence negative psychological reactions
1: right I feel like the way i because I think about this all the time, like the word I use a lot in this sort of conversation is access and how i I like don't believe we as, like, human beings are built to be accessed 24-7, mm, but right. devices, like, require that, you know? And so, I have, like, a lot of issues with people being, like, oh my god, like, if you're a bad texter, you're, like, a bad friend, whatever, because I'm, like, I don't know, I don't think that we are meant to operate that way, where we're constantly um, available. But I feel I would frame it more as resistance than resilience. And I don't know if yeah, I don't know. It could be an interesting, I
0: but I think. Need, <laughs> I on right I are like, hmm, resistance? That's a an interesting word. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but here. it's it's it's
2: because res- it, we we would consider it resilient comparative to the social ob- like to the mental health um, of digital media influences. Where you're saying resistance in terms of the social obligation, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, why are we obligated to do this? We weren't like you weren't ours. Like, how is just because it is a social normality, why is me taking the time to enjoy like life comparative to what is on the shiny screen? you know um, yeah you know what
1: we haven't done
2: hmm?
1: We haven't defined resilience.
2: oh, we do need to define that yes.
1: <laughs> I don't know if we need to. I just think it could be an interesting
0: um... that's true yeah we've been we've been working off the the presumption that we all kind of have agreed to terms about what it about what it means which obviously you know in a in a pragmatic sort of way conversationally that works but yeah it would be interesting to we Um, might all find that the three of us have slightly different takes on what it what it looks like or what it means
2: right i am going off the behavioral standpoint and where is like an individual or an independent is able to like recover or withstand a certain environmental situation, um, either generational, gender, sexuality and whatnot, whatever affects them and their psychological abilities of like psychopathology, then that is how um, I see it in terms of cultural influences. But that is also coming from me from a sociological perspective. For sure. Uh,
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I, I think it's a hard question for me personally. Not because Mm -hmm. I like, uh, uh, because this word in particular, like gives me pause more than other words would, but um, I guess, uh, well, I guess, I don't know if I'm like, if I'm gonna like typecast myself in this conversation, you know, like Sophie's coming out from one angle, you know, Sydney's coming out from another. So I guess if I'm like, if I'm uh, representing my current standing academically, um, you know, what will be professionally, like I'm doing this wacky, you know, psychology program that's steeped in existentialism and phenomenology and and all that stuff is really apt to kind of, it has a very like tense paranoia and suspicion about anything categorical or really um, universal. And so I think that, this is not my answer, but I'll preface by saying that I think at the end of the day, that resilient is always going to look different for each person, that it's going to have different shades and textures and flavors, and that you know it's always going to be a different thing for the unique individual, but for the sake of conversation and I'm not an asshole, I think that to like to you know to to make it a conversational thing here i don't know I think of it like I have a, I have more of an image in my head at first than like just a, a description, and I think of like you know like a warrior in battle of some kind, and like whatever mm-hmm. the capacity that a person has to like persevere amongst chaos, because like because I think like uh, recovery is, is is maybe one thing, and that for me I associate that as being like you're out of the shit, you've gotten out of the shit storm, and now like you like because I think there's I think people have there's there are people that that suck at recovering, like I definitely feel like I've realized that that's like that's not just a given. You can be bad at recovering. You can be bad at laying in bed. Like Trinity, my, like my <laughs> wife, like, a, like when she has a day off, like she, you can just see her, like she searches for something to, to do. You can even see what she's laying down. Like, whereas mm. for me, like I will soak up, a, a, you know, a day off like a fucking sponge. And I'm not saying I'm better than her, but just like, just the fact <laughs> that that we, we come at, you know, a sudden freeing of time from, for, from very, very different angles. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. resilience is not recovery and it's also not adaptability. Cause it's not, it's not mm-hmm. merely being able yeah. to conform into the shape. Although I do think it's more related to, for me, it's more, it's more related to adaptability than it might be to recovery. But it's something like, a, it's an amalgamation of the two, but it's a very active force, which I guess is why mm-hmm. I go to the whole battle thing. I think of someone, you know, like that scene from 300 where they're all, they're stabbing the people with the spears and they're, they're moving forward and they're, and it's this very dynamic thing where, you're fending off something. So there's a protectiveness to resilience, but there's also a directiveness to it. Cause it's not, it's not like you're standing still and you're hitting the tennis balls away from you with your little racket. It's not, like, it's not like you're just putting up a shield and the world is throwing shit at you. It's a part of that, but it's also the fact that you're engaged in something such that you're also moving forward, but with this, with this kind of wonky, like adaptive protective kind of shell that's very. I don't know. There's something very. Um, it's a missing word that I like. That's like. Um, it's, it's, it's. I guess this is what it is. It's, there's something very purposive to resilience for mm. me. It 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 has a function that's meaningful for the individual. Um, so that, I don't know. That those would be things that immediately come to mind when I think. of
1: Yeah.
2: That. Yeah, that makes sense. Good question for you, Logan. Well, maybe okay. not a question. More of like a thought. Okay. Um okay. In terms of like 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 resilient and like being able to you talk about kind of maybe in not the sibling but maybe more the cut co- it cousin to kind of associating and kind of conforming as a resilient behavior to like something that's reactive right um and again the warrior kind of building upon and kind of putting on that armor to protect themselves um mm. but how would the question is like how do we like let, like standardize that like let's say I'm going to use an example of foster care a child who has gone through um, certain degrees of environmental impacts just based on their environment Um, parent parental familial economic there's so many different like hurdles they've had to overcome and you would call that resilient Um, but then we had this standardized in just contemporary modern present day social like socialized influences that we have like we have it in standardized testing we have it in just all aspects of our like dynamics as human beings in a populated culture we have these like these like milestones that we have to meet at certain levels of our like time frame and so when we being resilient do we need to meet those like would you say that like meeting those would be would that determine if we're resilient depending on like what we have, we, what the individual would have to go through, if that makes sense. I, like, well, I, uh,
0: I think, are you is, asking if, if, if we could, if we were and if we could track what resilient looked like, would we have a kind of bar for some set of criteria that we would want an adolescent to meet that would sort of say to us, okay. That, despite- that
2: person is resilient. Yeah, right. like if they meet that because they've hurdled all these No, are you asking outcomes. me
0: if we should have a standard for that or if it's possible to have a standard for that or something? No, else? I'm
2: not, I don't even think it should be possible because I always all yes. well think that like individuals should be able to develop on their own and we should not have a certain time frame for every single individual on this planet because I think cognitively everybody develops at way different stages and we're not all on the same track. Um sure but like in terms of how social like how we define that now socially do you think presently right now would we define that based on the milestones that they receive like if that makes sense i think well, i so. what off kind of milestones, what
0: kind of milestones do you have in mind though
2: like let's say graduating high school as a milestone
0: as a milestone um, of, of of being resilient
2: yes cuz if a child had to go through foster care and they had like multiple deaths that were related, or they've had to overcome certain right. aspects of post traumatic disorders and whatnot. Whereas the child in the same class did not. They had, you know, the two parents, the dog, and the picket white fence. Their entire life was golden. <laughs> white, white, and they had pick-a- white picket fence. <laughs> Sorry, picket <pick-a-white I> mean, <laughs> white fence. Same thing. Who cares? The golden retriever. They had it all. And they right. were able to graduate. From well, I don't
0: know. Lives. See, my my, my my gut response to this, and I don't I don't usually find myself liking this little image. I think it's, I think well, only because I think it it, it oversimplifies something. But I mean, that's 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 what, yeah. like, I'm It's, ob- not, I'm a, it's not a meme. Yeah. No, 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 not yeah. you. Yeah. I, what it makes me oh. think of is, is um no, not you. <laughs> I like what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's that you you both have probably seen it. I don't I don't remember the last time I saw it. I think why why I don't the dog because. Yeah, do you know what I'm gonna say? The thing with like, <laughs> it's like two wolves and like one has a bunch of spears in it and one has just like one. And the punchline is mm-hmm. basically that like pain is like, like, like well, actually, I'll, I'll make it, okay, I'll, I'll make it more sophisticated. We just, I just read Viktor Frankl's um, uh, Man's Search for Meaning in a, a class last quarter. And he has something in that book where he, he, he makes the analogy that, that uh, suffering, or maybe it's pain, but suffering is like a gas in that meaning that it fills completely. Any Any volume like any container it's put in that it doesn't matter if it's massive or it's small it it will fill it absolutely and I think that this and i don 't know I tend to shy away from from relativism only because it, it just seems to be it seems to be such a quick uh, race to the bottom kind of argument because now you just have everyone arguing for how they're you know the most burdened the most broken and the problem to me seems to be that everyone has a right to say that but I, anyways, I digress. But in this case, um, I, I like your question, but I, and yet my initial thoughts is it, it seems hard to know, like if, if we're gonna say that um, you know, like graduating high school is a kind of signpost for, for, a, for a form of resilience, for a person having a threshold of resilience. It, it becomes hard to, to understand kind of what that means because if one kid graduates high school, but like you just said, if in, this, in, in the last three years of his high schooling, you know, he has a sibling die, dad gets leukemia and then like something else horrifying and then they graduate from high school. And then, like you said, then there's another kid who's got, you know, I guess in a kind of, uh, monolithically cliche sense, like it's got everything, you know, the world's been handed to them. Nothing. They've never been struck stricken by sickness or grief or trauma. Uh, and that they also graduate. I mean, now here we are using the same bar of, of, you know conceptualizing what resilience looks like and yet then you like the second you just pull up that first layer into both these kids lives you're like whoa like one of you fuckers like you know hit this bar with a metric ton of shit hanging off of your back and like obviously like hey congrats you both graduated high school but like but i don't know it just seems to me that the and using the word merit here would be inappropriate because we're not we're not talking about the individual merits of our sufferings but that if we were gonna if we were gonna try to grapple with the um, uh, it, trying to formulate a way that you could you could you could uh, quantify uh, you know a measure of, of what being resilient looks like, it's just so goddamn tricky because like the behaviors of of resilience seem to have different meanings depending on what they're stacked up against, and I and I, that's that, that doesn't leave us much to say because. Uh, um, Well, I guess because I don't know what we say, what we say at that point. Yeah, it's a tricky business.
1: Yeah, I just was gonna say I feel like the the reason I asked to define, aside from me being the English major in the conversation, um, is because I personally have like a a knee jerk. I don't know if that's the right phrase to use, but like a negative reaction to the word resilient because of how I think because of how people use it in in relation to like the kind of person like in relation to as someone Mm. that is resilient sure like if we wanted to say like okay this person has been through things they're proud for me
0: like people exactly yeah Yeah. i I, I get that i get that yeah
1: i feel like um yeah i don't know i think people like used to use it for me a lot when i was younger and i really didn't like it because i was like first of all i felt i felt like i was like okay i'm not worthy of this word first of all um, um which is just i don't know young young sydney can deal young with that imposter but, but you didn't ask
2: for it either like that was not right, something that you wanted thing. to title yourself as. exactly yeah. and you i think that's the,
1: i think like i i remember i was like with some friends a few a few years ago and one of them like was going through a lot and she, like, left the wherever we were and she was, like, clearly not okay. And someone was, like, oh, my God, like, I'm worried about her. Should we check on her? And my friend was, like, it's okay. She's really strong. And I think that hmm. that is sort of, like, used in the same way. The word strong is used um, almost yeah. synonymous with resilient a lot in a way yeah, that's very, I'm like, sure. oh, like, she's fine. Like, you know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Like they can just take care feels- of themselves but that's exactly that's, it that's, feels really that's going back
2: to the personality trait which is which I would right, find exactly. it's not I don't think that it's resiliency that's when that's when it's resiliency not resilient right. and I but think like I'm people saying... mess that up a lot and it's like trying yeah. to separate those two because it's resilient in the actual situation comparative to the resiliency is in terms of the like creating it as a personality trait which it yeah. wasn't for you you didn't identify that as something that you did you but you were resilient let's say in the situation that you that the environment put you in that particular and you were able to learn coping mechanisms to deal with that but that wouldn't be titled as resiliency but they did the people around you did end up calling you
1: that i mean that's the thing that's why i bring it up because i think most people when they are talking about resilience are talking about resiliency you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and like that is how they're defining it and so you know even if they have the correct quote-unquote definition of resiliency like they can still use it against people in a really harmful way. And I think, you know, I don't know. I think that's why I have that reaction to the word is because it's like.
0: But is the harm here that 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 you're concerned about the harm that would essentially kind of like write somebody off as being like, well, they don't, you don't have to take care of so-and-so because like they're resilient. Like they'll they'll take care of themselves. Is the way to kind of like, brush someone under the rug or what what i harm think it's are you concerned actually the about?
1: i think it's the opposite which i haven't spoken about yet but the like almost voyeuristic sense that a lot of people talk like oh this person's so strong like they've been through so much um oh interesting in a way that
0: look at like a pseudo
1: yeah exactly It's like a trauma porn thing you know and like you oh, like, you see it in like
0: interesting They've been through so much. You have no idea. Like, 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 like. Exactly. Yeah, that is kind of a thing. And like, ah, yeah.
1: you know, I, the 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 like quickest example I can think of is like the way that like people applying to college are encouraged to write about like their traumas, mm. you know, yes, because like that's what <laughs> yeah looks good, you know. And so well, you probably becomes... know that from
0: acting too, right? Isn't that isn't that that's, isn't that like a whole thing when you study acting is like. Everyone just wants you to go like straight to the bottom of the barrel and just like reach for your deepest,
1: most brutally
0: harmful memories and
1: yeah, yeah, which has now been like sort of disproven. Like a lot of people don't um, teach in that way anymore, but it was for a really long time the preferred acting method. You know, Um, yeah, yeah, which just like I don't know, it's like constant. I think though it can often like the use of resilience as like a prop can sort of re-traumatize people in a way, you know, or like, I guess also just like limit them to, they are only the things they've been through, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's, it's probably like with a lot of things, but if if you, if you give maybe undue um, reverence to something such that if, if we come to, you know glorify this this capacity that we've called resilience or you know when someone was resi- well i don't know i guess it would be it couldn't happen if we merely limited it to that person was resilient in blank or blank situation i think i think sophie is right about that but yeah, if we do sure. if we valorize this this abstract thing called resilience then yeah i i think i think i would be swayed by by what you have to say here that that we would be if not re-traumatizing somebody we're, we're sort of like in a way what we're doing perhaps is like um we're, we're glorifying the narrative that their trauma might be locked in. And even mm-hmm. if we think we're doing it like in a positive way, because you know, right. we're emph- emphasizing the, the strength that it would take, we're still like, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm in a, I'm in a trauma class right now. This is actually really, um, this is fun for me to think about. Well, fun in like the academic <laughs> sense, not in the emotional sense, for but sure. like one of the things that's come up a lot in my class as of the last like week or so we, we've, we've honed in because it's, it's existential, right? So it's, it's, hoity-toity and stick your nose up and you know kind of like everything gets very philosophied, not not without reason but that right. it focuses a lot onto the temporal and that one mm-hmm. of the things that that we've focused on this week is that uh what happens with someone who is who has encouraged trauma and gets kind of because there's trauma as events and then there's trauma as like the the sapping of somebody to be locked with inside that vent through the passage of time and that one of the things that the authors i've read are kind of purporting to say is that um like trauma kind of fractures time and that
2: mm.
0: you know it's not merely necessarily that a person is stuck in the past where whatever the traumatic event may have been but that uh, you know it even obscures the concept of future like it, it, it almost it's like it, it's a vacuum unto itself the person is limited into a universe where like the trauma is kind of what it, it it forecloses on the on the horizon where someone has a- another aspect of their life to get onto, and all of this is to say, if we then go on to be like, yeah, but you're so goddamn resilient, man. It seems like we're just we're making this person like we're we're crucifying them on their own cross of pain in this horrifying universe that is only right. that only revolves around them, you know, grappling with this horrifying thing. And what I seem what I feel like you're saying or what you're alluding to say is that maybe let's just let's just get off this fucking narrative. Like or or at least right. give them let's give the individual the priority of saying when yeah. and if they want to talk about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like who has agency and like who who does that narrative narrative like sure. benefit. Yeah. Absolutely. You
0: know? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I could probably well shit, I don't know if I could spell it without it's hard. looking at
1: it. The I E N
0: see i would get that part but i think i would get paranoid that the first s or i guess the only s was actually in a c instead i would Mm -hmm. i might might have swapped swapped the s and the c um are
1: you enjoying this
0: yeah is this a good outro (laughs) i mean i think we can vamp on this for like another 20 minutes i can totally hear you yeah well for the podcast listeners uh Sophie's given us a little bit of the silent treatment. (laughs) (laughs) She's mad. I think we've offended her. Oh my God, just say bye. (laughs) And now she's texting us a really angry text. It's a little inappropriate.
1: Oh, she said, ha ha ha.
0: That's a fake ha ha ha.
1: Well, are you shitting my dick, listeners? (laughs) Sophie's audio is breaking. When you
0: say the name of the uh, title out loud, it's so harsh.
1: Are you shitting my dick, listeners? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know the TikTok that it's from, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I was, I was elated at, at her choice of, uh, uh, yes, yes, of, yes. of of title. And even, even more elated when she told me that, she's like, yeah, I told my parents, and they were, like, really not happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And
1: that's called resilience.
0: <laughs> that's called um,
1: resilience. All right, listeners. <laughs> we hope you have a resilient... Day, wherever you are.
0: Absolutely.